Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. The I Work For Him show is here to push you to the brink of your thinking, to challenge the depths of your programming, the world's programming in you that we need to erase and put in God's programming. I need you to remember that as we push you off the cliff of being a Christ follower in the workplace, you need to realize you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees will ever meet. And that's because people don't go to church anymore. Now, yes, of course, there are people that go to church, but the majority of the population today will never darken the doorsteps of a church. So when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to work every day, you bring Christ into the workplace, you may be the only Jesus they ever meet. And that's so Important. You may be the only person that can actually give them the eternal perspective that Jesus Christ is real, that the love of the Heavenly Father is incredible, and that there is hope for them. There's payment for their sins, there's promise for eternity, and that a relationship with Jesus Christ is possible, made possible with our Heavenly Father. It's just so unbelievable. But you need to be that minister in the workplace. As it says in Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And I love that word transform because there's not a single person out there listening today 
that when I say the word transform, they can't imagine those robot-looking devices flying from the sky, from the, from the planet. I can't think of the name of the planet. What's the name of the planet? I know the Decepticons come from the bad place. But anyway, these robot-looking places, and they transform into cars and robots and or cars and airplanes and construction equipment. The transform, they transform into a whole new being. And we're talking about something way more important than the movie Transformers. I'm talking about God taking your mind from where it was and taking it to what he can use. That's the kind of transformation we're talking about. And we're talking about God transforming into a new person by changing the way you think. Each one of us has a calling. Some of us have been called to the pulpit. Some of us have been called overseas to missions or even local to missions. But the majority of us have been called to our cubicle. And that's that. That's a saying, you know, not everybody works in a cubicle, but you may be called into your office, but I like the way it rhymes, called to your cubicle, right? Okay. So you're called to your workplace, and I need you just to keep in mind. And yes, this is a long diatribe, but there's a good reason for that. If your life has been impacted by Jesus Christ, everything about you should be changing. And if you say your life has been impacted by Jesus Christ and everything about you isn't changing, then you need to stop and, and, and look back and go, did I really put Jesus as Lord in my life? Because everybody who met Jesus in the scriptures, their lives were never the same. Some of them ran away from him and some of them ran towards him, but they were never the same. And that Jesus is the Jesus that's in my heart and is my Lord. And I have never been the same. Today, we're talking about something very near and dear to my heart. We're talking about core values. And let me just tell you why it's so important. Today is July the 31st, 2014. I know I'm not supposed to date stamp my shows, but I'm telling you that today for those of you listening live today, because today's my last day with Platinum Information Services as day-to-day operations person, day-to-day regional manager in Florida. And that's so significant because God has called me to this radio show to do a drive-time show five days a week in Tampa Bay and then around the country. But I had to step back from a job that provided for me in an amazing way. So I'd like to thank Platinum Information Services for all the money and time and investment that you put into me. I'm so grateful to all the customers all over Tampa Bay that invested in Platinum and used Platinum for their managed services all over both the counties, Hillsborough and Pinellas County. And I'm thankful to the Lord for using that to create a network of people that I now know and love and can serve the Lord with. It's amazing. So thank you, Platinum. But thank you, Father, for giving me I work for him. And Lord, I give that back to you to use as you want to use it. Today's the 31st of July, and my life will never be the same. We've got in studio with us today, Lisa Hudiman, who wrote an incredible book, The Value of Core Values. And she wrote this a couple of years ago. But as she wrote this book, and I, and I found out about this book in 2013, I realized something as I've done a lot of mentoring is that A lot of people don't have core values in their business. They just operate willy-nilly. So, Lisa, you've been on the show before. Welcome back. Lisa Huddeman with Black Diamond Associates. Welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Jim, thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You wrote this book, and it's so important that every business never operate without core values, without core decision filters. And you're going to correct me on that in a few minutes or redefine that. But so many businesses do. They, they, they run their business, but they never really take time to intentionally actually look at why are they doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. 
So before we get to that, of course, I've taken a long time to talk. Let's talk. Let's start talking about how crisis impacted your life, because you have been through an amazing journey this last year. Let's just start talking about it and, and, and go from there. Okay. Well, I, I've i known Christ my entire life. Never had uh, a moment where I did not know who he was, uh, know how important he was. Uh, but as everybody, I think we're all on a journey. And so my journey has been one where that relationship has deepened and strengthened, uh, mostly in times of trial. Uh, such blessings that can come from times of trial if you're open to them. So, yeah, I've just been on a journey. And I don't think you, you know, how has he impacted my life? This is only an hour radio show, and I think you've already spent some of the time. We don't have plenty of time. Um, it's just amazing to walk through this life with somebody holding your hand, holding you up, leading you pushing you. Um, and that somebody for me is, is Christ in my life. It's, it's who I know in, um, in the scriptures, and it's who I experience every day at Mass. Hmm. Okay, so do you want to... Sh- you, we, we've got a couple more minutes. Do you want to share a little bit more? I mean, I want to talk... I mean, your life's been tough. Well, I... You know, I... My father died when I was seven. I was number five out of six kids, and I was almost eight years old when that happened. My little brother was three months old, and my oldest brother was 14. And so you had six kids ages three months to 14. And we were living in Argentina at the time. And my mom picked us all up, moved us back to Jackson, Michigan, single mom with a bunch of kids, raised us, put us all through college. But one of the things I think, you know, we're all a product of our past. How that shaped me was it, at that time, as a seven-year-old, I realized I needed to take care of myself. I, I needed to help my mom by taking care of myself. And I think that independence caused a little bit of independence from my God and depending on myself and not depending on him. So I, you know, graduated from college, had a, what people would put, quote unquote, successful career. I was traveling, uh, doing a new business development for a telecommunications company. I was going to wonderful places all over the world, Rio, Cannes, Paris, London, and being miserable, hating every minute of it. So I had to take a leap of faith and quit. And that was 11 years ago. I knew that it was not healthy for my family, for my kids, and I quit. And I really wasn't sure what I was going to do, but the Lord led me. And so I started Black Diamond Associates with my business partner, and that was 14 years ago. Uh, No, that was 2003, so it was 11 years ago. I will tell you that the two of us are working together today, 11 years later, because we share the same core values. Right before a break, we were hearing from Lisa Hudiman about how God has been working in her life, and she saved the best for last, and how God has been taking her from who she was to who he can use through a pretty serious time of adversity. And I have her sharing this testimony because Lisa is an intense business person who loved Christ before, but loves him so much more today because of what's going on in her life. And it just shows a basis for why we could talk about the value of core values and the intentionality behind every business needing to step back and actually choose their core values, not really necessarily choose them, but identify those core values of what drives your business each and every day. 
Lisa, you were just sharing how you set up Black Diamond Associates 12 years ago, and you changed your mind, you said 14, so it was somewhere between 10 and 20 years ago. <laughs> then the economy hit, life got a little bit tougher, and then something else happened. Yeah, well, was a year ago, you know, things are starting to get better economically, and, and it things were picking up, and I was really focused on getting the business growing, and... I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, God, well, wait a minute, you know, how, how am I supposed to fit this into my life? You know, I've got, I've got things under control here, and I'm figuring out how I'm going to do this, and I will tell you that because of my faith, I have never once, from the minute the doctor said, it is cancer, had any fear, uncertainty concern whatsoever about what this outcome's going to be. Because at one point in time, I said, what's the possible outcome? Well, I could die a slow and painful death. <laughs> and so, okay, so what? I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen. So I really was just kind of okay with it. It was like, okay, now what, what, what's next? And so I know what the treatments are, and the treatments aren't so great, and, you know, they make you a little bit sick. And But what I really realized one night when I was in a um, steroid-induced insomnia attack, sitting wide awake and deciding to get up and use it the time prayerfully, I said, God, how, how am I supposed to do this? You, you know, I, I'm really trying to be a good business partner to my partner and, 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 and provide fairness in, in our partnership here. How am I going to do this and be treated for cancer? And he says to me, Lisa... You've trusted me with everything. Why will you not trust me with your business? Turn control of that over to me. And I've learned through the cancer process that I am not in control of anything. You know, when when you plan it all out, when your treatments are going to be, and when your other appointments are, and how it's all going to work together in your life, and then they say, well, you know what, your platelet counts are too low today, and you can't be treated, so come back on Tuesday. And you're thinking, I can't come back Tuesday. I have... I have client appointments. And they'll say, well, no, you come back on Tuesday. So I am not in control of anything. And acceptance of that has brought such amazing peace in my life. Hmm. Amazing. And this is something that I have known intellectually. And I think we all know. We know it, right? We know it. You You can say it. But you don't act that way. You don't really believe it because you don't behave that way. And I have learned in the last four or five months a totally different approach to life, which is one that really, really is total surrender and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Putting aside ourselves is very, very difficult, especially for control freaks like you and me. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, uh, it's an amazing story, and I've known Lisa these just a couple of years, but it is... Um, you know, it's amazing, and I didn't get a chance to say this before we got on the air, but it is so obvious how God has been working in your life, your relationship with him today versus even where we were a year ago when you are on the show. You can tell the vibrancy of your relationship has, has been exponential. You can tell. I mean, it's just amazing. I can feel it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and now you say, you know, we all know it, but I don't know that we all yeah, people say, yeah, God should be in control of all my life. And I like to say on the beginning of the show, a lot of times, if he's not Lord of all, then he's not really Lord at all. 
most people say, oh, no, Jesus is my Lord. Yeah, except when it's come to your checkbook or your how I hire people or how I fire people or how I run my checkbook at work. or It's running your business for Christ and allowing him to control that is a different deal. It is it 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 is and it isn't and and it's hard for us this is one of the the um you talked about transformations or paradox or paradigm a, shifting paradigm what... shift i do planning that's one of the things i help my clients with is how to plan well what a control taking thing is that <laughs> you know and so i have been trying to figure out this balance of planning for the future because we should plan absolutely I mean, and living in the present and allowing God to direct our plans and accepting the change in plans because so often we're off our plans are out of line with him and that's usually when they're not succeeding so he well, pulls us back but the more we plan and the more we pray about those plans the more those plans come more in line with our Heavenly Father. I mean, it, it's it's good to have a long-term plan, but when you recognize the power of Psalm 119, 105, my word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. But it, it doesn't say it's going to be a lighthouse. It's not going to be a big million kilowatt flashlight. He's just going to show us the next step we're supposed to take. Not the next 10 steps. He only says, I'm just going to light it under your under your." Your next step. Kind of like the headlights of your car. Well, not, You know, you can't see all the way down the road. You can just see a little bit down, and then he keeps lighting it as you keep right. moving forward. And that's at and 70 down. miles an hour. But I'm talking about when we walk with the Lord, we don't get even the headlight. <laughs> we only get, you know, when you look at when that scripture was written 3,500 3, years ago, the lamps were a single candle. They were a single candle lot. And they could just light enough for that next step. That's exactly. all they could see. And it was dark back then. There weren't city lights to light this guy. It was pretty dark. All right. I promise the audience today we talk about core values. And I'm sure your core values and, and just the perspective. If you rewrote this book today with the perspective that you have today versus when you wrote it, it would probably be even more of a fantastic book because it's already a fantastic book. And we're going to give away several copies of Lisa's book today. So if you want to call into the studio and get a copy of The Value of Core Values by Lisa Hudiman, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. I know you don't even know anything about the book yet, but I'm telling you, these books are going to go fast today. Lisa, why should a business, why should a business have core values? Well, because businesses are made up of people, and people have core values. They have values and beliefs that guide their behaviors. We cannot consistently act inconsistent with our values and beliefs. So from an organization's perspective, when you bring a group of people together, what makes the, creates the culture that makes this place a joyful place to work is the fact that that group of people share core values. And that they will attract and retain customers who also share those values. You know, I think what's, you say that people have core values, but most people, if you ask them what their core values are, they couldn't answer that question. They might be able to answer one or two because they don't ever, it's an exercise that a lot of people don't take the time, just take the time to Take the time to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I took just recently, and I've gone through Identity and Destiny, which I totally recommend. We're going to have a whole week on Identity and Destiny in September. 
Or is that October? But coming up in the fall. But I went through that process and identified my core values. And then I went back. And without re-looking at my notes from last September, I, I want to make sure that I really knew what my core values were. Because isn't it true that if I'm a business owner, I have to know my personal core values before I can determine my corporate core values? Why, oh. why is that so true? Well, it's because you are first a person. <laughs> An individual. And and you are a whole person. You are the same person at work as you are at home. You you cannot live without being in alignment with who you are, your authentic self. So you're right. I mean, people do have core values, but they may have not taken the time to think about what it is that and to be able to articulate to others what they are. But I will guarantee you that what they value and believe guides, guides their behaviors every day. Right. I mean, so they're already operating under their core values, but a lot of times they don't even know why they're doing what they're doing because they've never thought about it. Right. And and the biggest danger for most Christian business people, and actually it's for all business people, not just Christian business people, but the biggest danger is they're so busy working on their business, they never take time to, excuse me, (laughs) sit around. They're so busy working in their business day to day, they never work on the business. And really what you're trying to do with your book, The Value of Core Values, is to get people to step back and identify their core values professionally and personally so that people really have an idea. You know, I want to just take time to just highlight Lisa's book. You know, as I do each week, I I pick a book that I'm going to highlight, and this section is always sponsored by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years, located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400-square-foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S.com. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and I'll send you a copy of Lisa's book, The Value of Core Values. Successful leaders know the right strategy is needed to compete while the right culture is needed to succeed. That's why they identify, define, and live by core values aligned with the vision of the business. This insightful and practical book defines five principles for achieving success through value-centered leadership. It outlines concrete steps to reap the extraordinary benefits of living core values in clear prose, amplified by the real-life experiences of successful companies. Remember, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, and you got to read the book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, Lisa, when we come back after the bottom of the half hour, I really want to dig in deep on how people can go about determining these core values, about how they can define them both personally and professionally, because it's so important. And literally, your business will be impacted permanently by doing this kind of uh, 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 an exercise. That's what I was looking for. It's more than an exercise. It's a transformation. It's there you a go. way of life. Wow. It's not an exercise. It's transformation. And that's really about my exercise program. Now that I am done with Platinum on a day-to-day basis, I'm going to exercise, and it's going to become a transformation. How about that? That would be awesome. You, God asked you to write this book. Why? I'm not sure why. You know, I would be presumptuous to know what was behind well, I thought that. Maybe you'd figured that out by now. However, I'll tell you how I knew that it was. I... I was sitting writing in my journal and I had a thought that came to me so crystal clear it was audible and you know some of us do get you know words talking in our head but 
this was so clear. It said, you are going to write a book about companies that are successful because they live their core values, and you're going to use case studies to write this book. And that's okay. You know, we probably get these inspirations. But I was filled at that moment with the passion to do this. And the, the reason why I know this is God is because that is the furthest thing from who I am, and writing the book was the last thing on earth that I would ever want to do. That I totally understand. But I, I knew with a certainty at that moment that it was going to be a reality. So I, I went out and I started asking people, who do you know who run successful companies because they live their core values? And I was given names and I called up these CEOs and they called me back as a salesperson. You know, that doesn't always happen. As, you know, <laughs> That's whatever. for sure. So they shared their stories with me and they were wonderful stories. And then I started thinking, Okay, God, now what? So this is kind of like that light unto your feet, one step at a time. I had this collection of stories, and I'm sitting here saying, God, what do I do with them now? You told me to do this. So it took me approximately three years from inspiration to publication because there was a lot of things that he was putting in place for me, one of which was Florida Hospital, the introduction to Jay Perez, who was the who was the mission, the VP of mission, furthering the mission at the Florida hospital system. And I needed to meet him. And the book wasn't done until I had his story. So those kinds of things kind of unfolded. Mm. You know, one of the things that a lot of people, as we sit back, and I just ask you to listeners just to stand back for a second and think core values. What are core values? Core values. What are core values? Those are the things that drive the decisions and actions that you make every day. Exactly. And and so when I identified them in my own self, it was kind of a fun exercise. And and those of my friends that are listening, those are the people that are becoming my friends, and I know I've got customers that listen to my show. You know, these are my core values. Boldness, generosity, integrity, and then my favorite two, transparency and vulnerability. Because as a manager in a business, somebody's running a business, the most successful you could be is when you are transparent and vulnerable. Because you if you can lead people. That's the way Jesus led people, transparently and with vulnerability. He didn't lord it over them that he was the God of the universe, which he could easily have done. But I tend to be a little bold. I I mean, I I tend to be, as I describe my identity, I'm a black and white brick. You know, people say, Jim, you're like a velvet brick. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not like a velvet brick. I'm just a black and white brick, blunt without compromise. Because I, I, I view world, the world, black and white. But I'm equipped with a passionate, prophetic desire to disciple and mentor Christ followers. That's the way I'm equipped. And that fits in with my core values. That's the exercise I went through. And when I went through Identity and Destiny, it helped me determine that. But when I read your book, which, like I said, is an excellent book, it just helped me to just refine those things in me as I looked at the business world. Because as a business owner, my personal core values should be shaping the core values of the business because I can't operate differently in business than I do personally. Otherwise, I don't know, either a hypocrite or you're like got a split personality thing. Probably hypocrite. <laughs> well, I know there's some of my friends that have split personalities too, but Yeah, uh, or you're or you're out of alignment and very, very unhappy. Right. Well that would be it, the very unhappy part. And so really we're we're, we're talking to you, you know, everybody out there listening today needs to determine their core values. And it's an easy exercise. And there's lots of stuff online. You said you had something on your website. I do. If you go to www.thevalueofcorevalues.com, 
that's one big long word, thevalueofcorevalues.com, there will be a link to self-assessments. Uh, one is for an organizational assessment and one is a personal assessment. This is a quick, easy way to go through and think about what's important. And I, I, I throw out a number of things. There might be some things there that are meaningless to you. There might be some things that are important to you that aren't on that list. It's just to get you thinking. The, that's the first step is identify on a scale of one to four, how important is it? Right. And then look at those things that are very important and ask yourself over the last month, how did this impact my decisions? Because sometimes we tend to have aspirational values, those things that we, oh, we, I would really like to be, timeliness should be a core value. Well, I haven't been on time to a, to a meeting 50% of the time last month, and it didn't bother me. Well, then it's probably really not a core value. Probably not. All right. So, uh, but I found that when I did this exercise, I had some out of alignment going on in my life. Those things that, number one, I wanted to, I thought should be, but I knew that my behaviors were not consistent with it. And, Give an example of one of those. Uh, God. Okay. What do you mean? Well, I wanted God to be first in my life, but I knew work was. Sure. So this was many, many years ago. The first time I went through this, I said, i got to reorder this. It's God, family, and then work. Right. You know, but those were not my core values. You know, my, my faith in God and that value and belief system is number one. My family relationships are number two. Integrity and all of its definitions, which I won't go into Merriam-Webster right now, the moral, ethical quality, and wholeness of integrity. Inspiration, and I and I define that as making a positive impact, empowering others, and joyfulness. Having a joyfulness and being able to inspire that joyfulness in others. Sure. And caring about others' well-being in in the in the sense of generosity and consideration and respect uh, and forgiveness. That's awesome. That just share that really just shapes exactly who you are. Okay, so we're trying to challenge people out there to take the time to look at their core values. Why? Let's look at the opposite side. I don't want to say the negative side, but the counter side of that. Why is that people ignore this exercise when setting up a business? What, what do you see? Well, there's a couple of things. One is that they either don't know or they don't know how. Okay. So it's... There, there's a very, you know, as you said, work in the business instead of on it. There's a very t tactical, I want to focus on, you know, what my customers are and, and what I'm going to give them and how I'm going to make the widgets and how much money it's going to cost to make the widgets and how much money I can make from making widgets. And so there's that whole planning exercise that goes on. But anybody who does strategic planning or does business planning, it's always a part of it. Identify your core values. And so some do that exercise. And then it ends up in the drawer because they don't know <laughs> why they're doing it right. and, and why it is so integral to the success of your business. And, and so I'd like to just share a little bit that with our listeners. If you're out there saying, Lisa, I don't understand why you're spending your life talking about this and sharing this message, I'd like to put it into a perspective. Every business is in business to attract and retain happy, loyal customers. Exactly. Happy, loyal customers. In order for that to happen, whether you're a solopreneur or you have 100 or 100,000 employees inside your company, you have to have happy, loyal employees. 
Otherwise, that moment of truth, those points of connection where your employees meet your customers, if you do not have happy, loyal employees inside, that will not be a positive experience. But if you do have happy, loyal employees, it will be a positive experience. And we can think of Southwest Airlines as one of the you know, most famous examples of that, where their employees come before their customers because they know their customers will be happiest if their employees are happy. They know that that's <laughs> All you got to do is fly Delta wants to know that. <laughs> well, so the, if, if we can get this mindset, happy, loyal employees, happy, loyal customers, that framework is profitable in a sustainable way. And, and really, people got to be intentional about setting that up. And that's what we're talking about today, is intentionally, being intentional about setting up your core values. We need to know what we stand for personally, and we need to have a reason behind selling those widgets, which, by the way, I've always looked for widget stores. I've never been able to find one. We've been talking about the whole process of being intentional behind setting up your core values and identifying, taking the time to identify personally your core values. What drives you? As I like to put it, my decision filters, I learned that from Todd Hopkins from Office Pride. It's not my original idea. But taking the time to identify what drives me and then applying that to my business and what drives my reason why I do what I do on a daily basis. I do the I work for him on a three-day-a-week basis, going to five days a week because I have been purposefully equipped and pa- to be a passionate to be passionately prophetic with a desire and a, to disciple and mentor Christ followers having to do with their their spouses. <laughs> I really blew that deal. Let me just say this over again. I have been designed and given a passion to work with Christian business owners and their spouses to help them instill their faith in Jesus Christ in everything they do on a day-to-day basis. The basis of that, my core values, is being bold with those people, being generous with the money that I make while doing that, always displaying integrity, and leading and mentoring and discipling these Christian business owners with transparency and vulnerability. So people understand those are the most powerful things you can do when discipling other people in your business, when working with your employees. If you can be vulnerable and transparent, they can see Jesus in you. Lisa, you were talking about those five, the strategies, what did you say? This five, the steps to be intentional. I'm struggling for some reason. I don't know. My lips got rented. The rental contract must be up. Let's, let's talk about those steps. All right. Well, I think one of the reasons why this doesn't happen is because people do stop after the step of defining them. So if they've done, if, if they've defined them, they stop there. And that's just really not enough. So I'd like to share with you what the intentional steps are. Okay. I mean, and, and yeah, if they just stop after doing it, all they've done is waste time because you have to take it, what they're doing and then apply it. So talk about how we apply it. Well, if you are the business owner, it's really important that you are in alignment with your core values and that your companies are in alignment with yours, but that every employee who's going to go out and represent you and your business is going to reflect you and they have to share those core values. So you have to share them. And that means you're constantly beating the drum about core values. You talk about them all the time. Now, a lot of companies will do this. They'll put them on a poster or they'll put them on business cards. And that's a good first step. But if you stop there, it's like planting the seed and expecting it to grow without watering it. It will not grow. It'll shrivel up and die. 
So having to constantly share them and do that creatively, do that consistently. I mean, marketing people know repetition is what sticks. So this is something. Gosh, I always thought repetition was the key to learning. And it is the key to learning. Okay, just checking, because that's what I was always told. Repetition is the key to learning. Uh, two times two. <laughs> right? That's how we it's, learn. Our... It's been seven the whole time. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I had to put that in there. Re- repetition's always been the key to learning. Okay. So constantly and consistently sharing them okay. with your employees. And you'll know when you've got it, when your employees are sharing it with each other. When it becomes something that is common, like, hey, we don't do stuff around here like that. Because they know what those values are, and they've come to understand them. And they not only understand the words, but they understand the behaviors that are acceptable and unacceptable. Living the core values, not just saying them, but living them, is reflected in your behaviors and your decision-making, as your friend had indicated. How do you decide things, and how do you behave? And that's the manifestation of it. So you can have, you'll have great people who will share values. And when everybody's behaving in a certain way, that is what becomes the culture of your organization. What happens if you don't intentionally do this is what happens in my garden after two weeks of rain. The weeds start to creep up. And they will ultimately grow over everything else if you don't pay attention and pull the weeds and continue to, continue to nurture the, the flowers that you want to grow. So you cultivate the culture of your business by constantly paying attention to it. One of the other critical, critical elements is taking a look at your infrastructure. What are What is the structure of your business? From the physical, I had a grocery store who changed the layout of their stores because it was not consistent with their values. Give me an example of that. that. That's fascinating. What happens when you come into the grocery store? You want milk. Where is milk? You're always in the back corner, so you got to pass by 50 other billion things, and when you're hungry, because your wife asked you to go get the milk on the way home, and you go to get the milk, honey, what do I come home with? I always come home with the milk and donuts and <laughs> chocolate milk, too, and whatever else. And it's probably more economical because the freezer space is easier on the outside perimeter of the store. Well, this store knew that if customer service was their number one priority and people want to come in for milk and bread, they better put it on an end dial near the checkout. Where is that store? It's in Michigan. That's a long drive. Those of you in Michigan, way to go. You've got somewhere to be. Spartan stores. So that was a physical plant change. Uh, it's it's counterintuitive. If you're making your decisions based on economics, you wouldn't do it. If you're making decisions based on your core values, it's a non-thinker. You just, of course, do it. Now, what does that do? It makes customers come in to pick up bread and milk as opposed to stopping at the convenience store where they pay more. Right. And they might pick up some donuts while they're there, but they know that they can get the milk and the bread and get home for dinner quickly. So that's an infrastructure thing. You need to look at your business processes. Have you ever heard on hold, thank you for waiting. Customer service is our number one priority. You are number 10 in queue. (laughs) You're number 65. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah. So so your your IT systems, your phone systems, your, your business processes, your hiring, hiring people who share your values. If you are not asking people about core values, if you're not asking them what behaviors 
do they believe reflect your core values? If you're not using that as a screener, the chance of you getting people within your organization to share those values is kind of difficult. So you're saying, really, what you're saying is that you take these core values and all of a sudden you start to you, you start to ah, weave them into your organization from the bottom up. It's part of but the it, fabric. But it takes the CEO, the the per, the owner of the company to do the weaving. Cuz cuz a lot of times those CEOs are like, "Yeah, that's really great. Okay, you guys implement that." That's not the way it works. It's got to be a top-down driven process, doesn't it? It absolutely. If the CEO doesn't own it, if if it's not part of who he or she is, it will not happen. Hmm. This has been a great discussion about core values. And I understand we could talk for three hours about the value of core values and the intentionality and the reason for it. I got to tell you, you just have to re-listen to the show again if you've missed it today. It'll be on our archives later tonight on WTIS1110.com. I would, at least I just can't, we're going to have to come back. You're going to have to come back. We're going to have more discussion about this. But if you personally don't know your core values and if you professionally don't have your core values written down for your business and then if you haven't been weaving them within your organization you are missing out on true professional profits because if you can put this without within your whole organization it will impact your profitability it will it leads to sustainable profitability over and over that's unbelievable and it's just a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Don't go away just yet. I'm not, I haven't said goodbye to you just yet. But as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, you've heard several commercials today about the upcoming I Work For Him marriage retreat cruise that we're going to be doing in February of 2015, February 5th through the 9th. Martha and I would like to personally invite you, that that Christian business owner and spouse, or you don't have to be a Christian business owner's boss to come, but just a husband and wife that want to work on their marriage intentionally for a long weekend to Cozumel, to, from Tampa to Cozumel and back. It's not a whole weekend where all we do is go to sessions. It's just six hours of, of communication time intentionally in the, in the, uh, an educational environment and then lots of free time to be able to really just re-get to know your spouse please check out our website, iworkforhim.com, iworkforhim.com, to find out more details about the upcoming retreat. You need to come. If you're married, you need to come on this retreat. We've tried to keep it as reasonably priced as possible for a five-day, four-night cruise. It's only a little over $1,000, and that's including everything, including your parking, your tips, the tax, all the whole deal. Check out the website, iworkforhim.com. All right, on Monday's show, we've got Jay Lippy joining us. Next week, the topic is all about leadership, and Jay's going to be talking about the concept of humility within leadership. Jay is the local leader of LifeWork Leadership. You don't want to miss next week's show. The I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace. I need you, that Christian business owner that wants to participate in supporting the vision of I Work For Him as we grow to five days a week and then across the nation. If you'd like to advertise your business on my show, please contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, Jim at IWorkForHim.com on our website. You'll find all kinds of great resources about the books that I've read, about the books that I'm recommending. Lisa, thanks for being on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. My pleasure. And you're, We're going to get you back here again. I, I promise that. All right. I Work For Him is on Facebook. Take time to like us so you can get our daily announcements about the show's upcoming. And if you want to check out some of our past archives, you can just go on to the website, iworkforhim.com. And Martha sets up daily the links to our shows and the books that I've highlighted. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.